I think the the one stat that came out of the research that nine out of ten employees would be more likely to stay with their employer if they had this benefit. And I was just kind of blown away by that. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to We're Only Human. I'm really glad that you are here with us today. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now because I, we've been sitting on this research for a little while, Rob, right? And so we've been, we've, we did some research together around flexible employee leave and how they can use their leave for other things and how people feel about the PTO program that you've got in place. And so the stats, the data, the stories and things we're gonna share today I want you to listen to this through the lens of this is what the average worker says, is saying. And so for your people that work at your organization, everybody listening to this data set statistically represents them. So as we're getting into some of the things, you hear some of these findings, some of them are going to knock your socks off, frankly, and they, they should, because this is an area we can serve our people. We can help them. We can take care of them. We can do things they need from us. And in an area where it feels like this is something that's very old fashioned or structured or rigid, we're going to break some of those things down today. So I'm excited to have Rob Whalen here with me from PTO Exchange. We're going to dive into stuff. Rob, this is your second time on the podcast. Welcome back, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. It's, it's been great uh, doing work with you. And I think the findings were in line with, with what we thought, but I think it's exciting to be here and to share with uh, your listeners some of those things that I think will make a difference for their employees. Yes. That's what excites me most in all this, honestly. And I've told people that before, probably heard it here on the podcast before. I get to do research. It is my joy. But the research, the data itself is meaningless. The stories that tell us about the people we're serving, the things that we can do to take care of them better, the things that tell us the next right decision to make, that, now that's, I get really excited about. That's what gets me out of bed every morning. So before we get into some of the things, again, people may not remember enough about you from the last time around, or they might not have heard you in the last episode. So would you give us a quick snippet of who Rob is and what you do, please? Yeah. So I'm the co-founder and CEO of PTO Exchange. We work with employers to build flexible benefits around the paid time off accrual and have been doing this. Boy, I started the company in 2013, but we launched the product in 2017, but have been working on this project and growing the business for some time. And over the last several years with the pandemic, we've seen, like everyone has seen, the workforce change and the real needs come out. And I feel very strongly that what we're doing is helping support those middle-class workers, helping them retain some of their compensation in a different way and allowing employers to, and the game today is it's all about retention. And I think our benefit in this flexible uh, workforce environment is it's very valuable to those employers yeah. to keep their employees. Excellent. All right. And one more question for context before we get into this, yeah. because I, I was kidding with you before we started recording, you could be a leader at any kind of, you've got a great set of experiences. You could just say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm out. I'm going to go over here to a supply chain company or whatever else. I don't know. 
why in the world does PTO exchange, like what's the, what's your heart in that? I guess if that's even the right question to ask, why is this, why are you drawn to the SOA? Yeah. When I started the company, obviously I saw a big opportunity back in 2013, there was about 50 uh, billion that was not being utilized. And I looked at that and said, how do we help uh, these employees? So I really felt like there was a demand there to help people. And I think when you have a company that has an impact for employees, I think that, I think you find a purpose. Right. And my purpose has always been to, to lead a company that has an impact for humanity and uh, kind of the common average worker. And I think that's what we're doing today. To clarify and 50 billion. And those are, those are dollars that were lost from accrued productivity that was unused. Okay. Yep. And it's now 65 billion uh, today. It's risen yeah, that much. But, yeah, so it's quite large. And if you think about that, that is employees' accrued productivity that they, did, that they did not get paid out because they were unable to use their paid time off. And so you're, you and the team of PTO Exchange are all about helping them get access to those things. And again, helping companies yep. manage that a little bit better too. So this research, you and I kicked it around a little bit, just to give the audience a little bit of insight into it. We surveyed a thousand workers trying to figure out how they feel about their PTO programs, how they feel about their companies, um, how the loyalty they feel to their companies when they try to support them with flexibility and all those kinds of things. And I was telling you a minute ago, I, I could pick any one of the stats in there and we could spend 30 minutes just going really deep into those, but I'd love to hear from you out of everything that came out of this, we asked these workers all kinds of questions, which one was the one that was most impactful or more pow most powerful? Well, I think the, the one stat that came out that nine out of 10 employees would be more likely to stay with their employer if they had this benefit. And I was just kind of blown away by that. And it really shows that the benefit we're providing will help employers keep their employees. And again, the game is retention in today's marketplace. Yes. So if anyone what's probably sat a little bit, sat up in your chair a little bit, maybe lean forward a little bit, if you're standing or you're listening to that, cause you heard that stat. And so that was one of the things we found is in this, we, we asked all these questions about what they would use these types of benefits for everything else. And then we asked them, Hey, if you had access to this, would it make you want to stay? And nine out of 10 said, yes, absolutely. It would make you want to stay longer with every company. As you said, thinking about retention right now, that's going to, that's going to give them an edge. And so let's back up just a little bit into some of the questions we talked about. So. I'll give you a, a high level kind of stance on this. One of the things that we found in the study is we just asked, hey, how do you feel about your company's paid leave policy? As an employee, we think about how we feel about it. We may love it or not. We think about the logistics of it and the programming and all the other pieces around it. But for the average employee, how do they feel about this? And more than half of them said, you know what? Most of all, I just want more flexibility in how I can use this time. And that stuck, that struck me because we gave them different choices. I can't take all my vacation days. I'm too busy. I want more vacation, even more than both of those. They said, I just want more flexibility period. And that one really stuck out to me because it, it goes to the heart of this conversation that every leader is having right now around the importance of flexibility at work and everything else. And we often think that means, oh, we've got to let people work for you. That's what, that's not what it means in the employee's eyes. It means something else entirely. What are your thoughts on that? I <laughs> The, the data that came out of this, Ben, was just, was just awesome. One out of three workers say they can't take their vacation time because the job is too demanding. And you can't hire enough people today because of the workforce dynamics that are going on today. And so your workers are actually doing more work. They're not going to be able to. 
and it's perpetuating the problem. And so I think that allowing your employees to use this accrued benefit in a flexible manner to support their transitions in life, and each one is going through different transitions or has different moments in life that they're trying to get through. You're meeting your employees where they're at, right? You're, you're, you're becoming, you're providing a flexible benefit that is not a one size fits all, right? It, it meets your employees where they're at. And I think that's what the employees are asking for today in this new, you know, flexible workforce. I wrote this uh, uh, article and talked about the gray areas of work in this flexible economy. It's, it's not, the gray areas are just the mode we're working in. It's not the, we're working eight hours of asynchronous mode. We're now working two hours and then we're walking the dog. We're working four hours and then we're picking up the kids from soccer. That's the mode that we're working, but we're also, we have to focus, right? We have to be present for each one of those to do a good job and to deliver on productivity. You, I don't know if that answered your uh, question, Ben. Our brains, you can see our brain worry over here. The audience is thinking, Ben's mic went out for a second there, but the, but my brain's just worrying, thinking about this. Whenever I talk to you about this, like you cast this really big vision about what this can be. And that always, that always, I get caught up in that. I can't help it. I can't resist. I'm just swept away. You mentioned the, the percent of people who can't use their vacation every year. They, they want to, they like to, yep. but they can't quite get around to it. And one of the things we did in this, because I was curious, I know we wanted to know more about that. We asked them why they didn't, why they couldn't, what things were holding them back. And there was everything in there from, hey, I'm just way too busy. There's too much work to do. Right? That was number number one answer in that. Beyond that was, I'm just worried about my job. My takeoff time, is someone going to think I'm not that I'm expendable or that I'm not a big contributor? Is there concerned about my job? So got to get every hour in that I can at work, try to get some face time with the leadership, whatever that is. Some people said, I can't even afford to take a vacation. And right. What good, good does it do to to take off time from work if I can't go and do anything. And then the last one in that list was, I'm worried what my boss will think about me. I'm concerned about how I'll be perceived by my direct leader. I'm not a team player because I'm taking time away. And again, that's, that's the way backwards. Well, we offer it as a benefit, but then there are these cultural elements and things that make people feel like, I know I've got it over there in the bank, but I can't actually take it because I'm worried about some of these other things, whether it's a broad thing about work or I'm too busy. So there's all these things that are standing in the way of people being able to use that time. And that's one of the things I actually had a chance to talk to you about recently, because you talked about how when companies say, we'll just do unlimited, we'll solve it that way. All those things are still present, every one of them, and maybe even magnified. They are magnified, right? They're completely magnified because now you're not telling the employee exactly what they have and they don't, you know, in their world of living paycheck to paycheck, they're more concerned about losing their job or not being able to provide. And there's just so many people that don't even have $400 in their savings account. But yet, if you look at it, they leave $900 on average in their PTO bank. So you're looking at this accrued productivity over here, right? That, that is earned that the employee does not have access to. Instead, we're going to send them down a path of, hey, why don't you go do a payday loan, right? At high interest rates when they already have these dollars set aside in PTO, right? Um, Anyhow, it, it's really interesting how the dynamics in the workforce today with what you were saying that people feel like they can't take the time off, like they're going to be viewed upon as someone who's not a company uh, person. And this really has an effect on the average worker. 
it doesn't really have an effect on the executive. So you see this, you see these different dynamics in, in the culture of a company. I'll give you an example. We see companies that have put their executives on limited and put the uh, rank and file on accrued. We also saw a company that didn't do that. And the executives were able to share some of their PTO when the average worker was in need. And this other company who did the unlimited for the executives and separated themselves from the rank and file were unable to do that. One company was able to show the culture from the top down was all in the foxhole and working together. The other one was separating the haves and the have nots. And that was driven into the culture of the company. And you can see it from what we're doing, which is quite interesting. Well, one of the other things in the research to echo off that was when we look at that, the people who said they use their vacation time every year, we look at that by income level. And one of the things that we saw is for those people who are making 49,000 or less in their jobs, those people at the lower end of the income scale, about 56% of them get to use their vacation every year. So a portion of them, but 72% of those making more than 125,000 get to do that. So and to your point there, this is punishing people at the lower end because they're the ones who are, when things get tight, they're the ones who are expected to show up for work and open the store, show up on the construction site, show up on the, whatever the job is, they have to be there when we, as representing the higher paid employees or the executive employees or whatever else, that group, they get a little more flexibility in those things. They get a little bit more choice and they have a little more margin in life, frankly, to be able to handle that. they things. do. Yes. Yep. You bet they do. And the unlimited PTO only benefits the corporation from a standpoint that the company no longer has to accrue it. And it actually is getting around. It's a loophole in a lot of ways from laws that were created in California and in Colorado. Whereas if you accrue the PTO, it's earned wages and needs to be paid out at separation. And this has been a workaround for many companies. One of the other ones that, that hit me in this, because I did this years ago that actually used this instance to advocate for a, at the time, not knowing about the, the options, right? Back when I worked in HR day to day, I advocated for higher rollover amounts and higher higher caps on our four our, um, PTO plans, because three out of four workers said at some point in their career, they've had to take an unneeded or unnecessary vacation in order to burn some of those hours before they just lost them entirely. And again, thinking back to these people who are, you mentioned earlier, there's different stats out there, you know, seven out of 10 people yep. moving paycheck to paycheck, or de depending on the source you want to look at. But if you line up 10 of your employees, seven out of 10 of those people, if you were two days late on their paycheck because of a payroll error, they would be in a real world of financial hurt. And yet at the same time, we have people saying, I've got, I can't afford to lose that time I've accrued. So I'll just take this, take something off, even though I don't need it or want it. And maybe my company even forced me to take PTO. Maybe they closed down, right? during a time period where my kids weren't out of school, so I can't enjoy them or I can't take a vacation and really disengage. They're doing things that don't really meet the employee where they're at uh, in their life cycle. And I think that, again, go back to that, that's important. Benefits need to meet employees where they're at in their life cycle. So when we asked them, we hinted at the flexibility thing earlier. One of the things we asked them is, would you want to convert this stuff into something more flexible? You can convert it into something for a retirement contribution. Like, why don't you go through and give us some examples, by the way, of what those are, because I don't want to yeah. take them. No. Because we, we saw in the data that 97% of employees want to convert them somehow. 
So give us, give us some examples of the things that they can convert them into that we asked about in the study. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously we look at it in a, a social well-being, in a financial well-being, in a physical well-being type of pillar. When we start looking at, at pillars, we're trying to support the employees. When we start on the social uh, pillar, social well-being, you can, the employee can actually give some of their time or that value to a nonprofit. It's a way for an employee to take something that they may not have an hour or a dollar to give to a nonprofit. And this way they can do that. They can also share it with another employee in need. We saw this happen a lot during the pandemic where people COVID and they used all their paid time off and then their child or their parent got COVID and they needed more time. So they requested more time and an employee could share it. And this is where we saw executives giving their time into the pool so that um, other people could benefit from that. And uh, having an executive pay and employees pay, you can help out a lot of workers with the different pay rates that occur. Down the financial well-being piece, right, the ability to take cash out in case of an emergency. Today, we use that as the daily pay type mode. I need to pay a bill, so I'm going to access my pay. When you have this PTO bank there, you could utilize that in that type of mode. You can put it in your 401k. You can put it into your HSA in a tax-deferred mode. So you can help your employees save for a rainy day, save for the future, or for medical expense. We're coming out with 529 plans, the ability to put it in for 529 for college. Um, so all sorts of financial well-being capabilities within the platform. When we talk about physical well-being, right, we really are talking about disengaging from the, from the company, being able to afford a vacation. We have a relationship with Priceline, being able to afford a vacation that you may not have been able to afford, taking your family away and having an experience that really is something that you may not have been able to do if you didn't have that available income or compensation to access. I think that's all of them. Yeah. I'm sure that- I was trying to mentally go through my yeah. jack off as you were going. I was going to say really quickly, we were talking about the the differentials and stuff there earlier and, and what this means for people who are at the lower end of the pay scale. And one of the things that we saw in that, in the study is if someone is making under $49,000 a year, they were 50% more likely than someone making, making over a hundred thousand to say that they prefer cash, right? They prefer to have yep. some funds because they if they don't have that margin and this gives them some semblance of margin in their lives where they can manage whatever life throws at them. If you're making a hundred K and your tire blows out, it's an inconvenience. If you're making 30 K and your tire blows out, it's, a, it could mean the difference between you getting to work tomorrow or not. So there's Correct. so much wrapped into this that the flexibility of benefits, what this all kind of bubbles down to. We're talking about all these really fun stats and we're getting nerdy in the weeds, but for those listening into this right now. Think about the way that you offer the benefits and the way that you offer the things to your people right now. Is it truly flexible in a way that they would say it is, or is, is it just, oh, we give them many to pick from. They get to pick, you know, a couple of choices, or is it, they have a lot of control and autonomy over how those things are exercised in their own lives. Because I could go into five or six examples right now from the data that say, hey, if you're an older worker, guess what? They want to be able to flex this and put it more into their retirement account because they realize, hey, I may be retiring at some point soon. Um, someone who's 20 years old, that's probably not on the radar, but guess what? Can I use that for paying my student loans or saving for college or some of those things that you were talking about, Rob? Different people have different needs and different, that person 10 years from now will have very different needs than a person, that same person today. 
And so having that flexibility, having that choice in front of them, I think that was the big takeaway for me in this is we threw a question in there. What does flexibility mean to you? And if you listen to the news, flexibility is only where Rob puts his rear end when he's actually, I think you do some standing desks, so you don't put your rear end yeah. anywhere, but <laughs> wherever you're physically at, when you're working, that's what people mean when they think flexibility. That's what we mean, maybe in HR, but when you ask employees, that's number five on the list. The, the second thing yeah. on their list is the benefits and the pay that they're offered. The first one is more autonomy and control just at work broadly more choice, more flexibility. And so I think there's some really good takeaways from this on that bigger picture spectrum. They're going to break the mold. That is my sincere hope that we can break that attachment that we have with your flexibility to the wear of work. I'm hoping to break that completely with some of this data because it's really, it shows us that all the things we've been told, all the things that have been painted in the media probably aren't as accurate and correct as we happen, happen to believe they are. So that gives me some encouragement that we, we can share the good news around this and actually has been empowering when I'm sharing this message with employers, it's been empowering and the, the research hasn't been officially released yet. I've just been sharing that stat here or there yep. and to, for them to say, wait a minute, you mean we can offer flexibility to our people who are in healthcare and they're working a, a frontline job and they don't have the ability to, to sit on the couch and do this. Yes, you can offer them flexibility. And as you were talking about in the conversation, Rob, this is a really powerful way to do that and give people that choice. I know you're interfacing along yes. with leaders, but do you hear about from the actual employees themselves that they like that choice and control? Yes. The, the, the flexibility that you're talking about, Ben, is I think what everyone thinks it's where you're putting your butt in your feet to work, whether it be home or work. That's not the flexibility that employees are speaking of. So you hear the word flexibility and there's a definition for the employee and there's a definition for the employer. They're not the same. And that's where the mismatches, the flexibility is in the mode that we work, which is what I was talking about earlier. It's that asynchronous two hours of work, one hour of taking the kids to the sports, coming home, it's another two hours of work. It's then having dinner with the family. It's another two hours. So it's that asynchronous modality that I'm talking about is the flexibility piece that employees are looking at. I want to be able to do my job in two hour or four hour increments, not going to an office and spending eight hours uh, a day there. And that's the difference in the flexibility. And then you take what you're speaking of, which is the life cycle of your employee. And you think, I hire someone at a college. What are their needs? Their needs could be student loans, right? So it, that would be the need for someone coming out. They get to age 28, maybe they get married, maybe it's being able to afford or put more money into 401k or be able to afford a vacation for their young family. As you go through this transition of life, you have different needs and different moments that you're trying to invest in. Flexibility needs to meet those needs along that life cycle. And that's what PTO exchange is delivering to our, the employees that we, that, that utilize our platform and the employers that are leveraging our platform to deliver that flexible benefit. And I think the, the numbers that came out of that research, I would say they mirrored what we thought, but they actually, there were just these numbers that kind of took me back and nine out of 10 yes. still to this day, I go, okay, okay. We're doing something right. 
Paint something. yourself, Rob. Paint yourself. Yes. <laughs> something is measuring up in 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 what we thought. Yes. Um, and we can really help these employers keep and retain their employees with our platform. For sure. I, I was actually going to bring it full circle and you did it for me. So I was going to bring it back around to that one. So now that all of you have heard some of these things we talked about here, now you understand why someone would say, as Rob pointed out earlier in the conversation, why someone would say having access to this kind of flexibility as an employee, that would make the difference for me in staying here versus leaving and going somewhere else. Because you're truly telling them that we see you, we understand what you need from us, and we are working to make sure you have access to those resources, those tools, the financial assets that you already have, all those kind of things. We're making sure that you have access to those things because we understand what you need from us. And that's what we keep seeing over and over in our data. It's not that employees have one foot out the door. They're just waiting to, to make that jump. There's one last thing that's going to make them just leap out and they're gone. No, it's they're raising their hand saying, please, I need some help. I need a hand. I need some support. I need some somebody to pay attention to me. And when all else fails, then they exercise the nuclear option and they, they leave their job for somewhere else. If you are showing them these kinds of respect, these kinds of support, these kinds of acknowledgement, as we've talked about, right? This is a piece of software, but the message that it sends is more important than the piece of software almost. I've, that's my words, not yours. But telling them that we are here to support you and serve you, that's a message that every employee is looking to hear from their company. It is. Fine. This has been so much fun. I, I really enjoy getting to kick around the research, talk about it in a practical way. But for those of you out there that want to see some of the charts and graphs and stats and other commentary on this, some cool case studies as well of how companies are using this, we put together a really phenomenal report. And Rob, I think that one's going to be up on the PTO Exchange website at some point soon, correct? Yeah. Yep. You'll be able to get to it and download it from our website at ptoexchange.com. Okay. I'll try to make sure and get a, a link into the show notes for this episode when it goes live so people can click right over. Hit your hit the cover art on the episode, go right over to the description, and we'll have a link there in the show notes for you to, to go and see that because I think you'll enjoy this. And I think it's something that we need to be having this conversation outside of our bubble of HR and talent leaders. We need to be elevating this conversation to the business leaders and saying, listen, I know you think that we just offering this leave is, is the right thing. Maybe it's not as good as we thought it was. Maybe there's other better ways. And that's been fun for me to see the modernization of this very traditional benefit. So Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. I thank appreciate you, you and the work that you and the team are doing. It's really, it's, as you said very clearly for the audience earlier, it's about serving the employees really well, and it's easy to see how you're doing that. Thank you so much for joining yep. us. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. To everybody else out there, hope you got some good notes from the day. Make sure to check out the show notes for that link to the report we talked about and go take care of your people. They'll appreciate it. Thanks. We'll catch you next time. We are only human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit onlyhumanshow.com. 